Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Monday, June 1st, 2020. I am Andrew Hansen, joined by Shane Caldwell, and we have just finished up a 32-day virtual tour of the NFL from a DFS perspective. And tonight, since it is Monday night, we're going with the Monday night football edition here, about 9 o'clock on the East Coast, and we're going to wrap up and review the 32-day preview that we've just gone through. So Shane, nothing better than talking some football here on a Monday night. Am I right? Yeah, that's wishful thinking. I wish it was actually Monday night football right now. That would be <laughs> great. Yeah. No, there's nothing like primetime football. Yeah. So I mean, we're, we're very excited. We've went through and analyzed and did a deep dive on all 32 teams. And we were able to do this earlier in the spring here. So we're going to be ahead of the game at DFS coach talk in terms of our NFL analysis, because if you get into training camp, or into preseason, and you're just starting to do your research, then you're already behind the ball. So we're going to be ahead of the ball, and we're going to be able to, you know, be ahead in terms of looking at matchups and analysis once the season starts. And we don't have to worry about as much looking at the rosters and the player targets because we've already analyzed them. And then we're going to really follow these teams throughout the offseason as they uh, adjust and change. Um, but we're really ahead of the game here, and we're going to go over some of the things that we took that we took away by analyzing and deep diving and doing a lot of research on all 32 teams. Uh, and we learned a ton. And uh, one of the things that I always talk about is each year is so much different with the NFL. And this year is no exception. This year it's going to be a ton of moves and a ton of things that are different. So you really can't look at 2019 stats and analysis and just – transfer that over once the season starts in 2020 and just be like, Hey, we're good to go. This guy was good last year. This defense was good last year. It doesn't work that way. So that's why all these changes, we're going to be up to date on them and see, and we're going to talk about how they affect the DFS and the fantasy world. Uh, and that's going to put us at a huge advantage. And we're going to share a couple tidbits or some of those uh, players and some of those themes and changes that we discovered uh, with this deep dive analysis here. So we're going to be able to share that today and give you a little sneak peek of what's what's to be uh, what's going to be happening once we get to real football here. Yeah, that's right. We're going to go over some some big themes for this particular offseason. We're going to go through each position and discuss a couple of the players we think are going to exceed value this season. We're going to we're going to talk about some super deep sleepers at each position. And, you know, basically try to give you some of the highlights of the 32 shows that we've we've done here uh, over the last 32 days. And we do invite you to go back and pull those out one at a time when, whenever you have a particular interest in one team or another. We've got all of our podcasts up on YouTube. Uh, we've done all the NFL daily podcasts on video. So please go take a look at uh, DFS Coach Talk at YouTube. You can subscribe to our crew there and find whichever NFL podcast you want. But we are going to try to pull out um, you know, some of the highlights, some specific stats and specific edges that we've gleaned here as we've, as we've taken this deep dive. And I, I do want to take a, um, a moment just to introduce our, our group a little bit. Uh, if you're new to us, we, we do cover the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. And while we're waiting for those sports to come back, we're going to uh, we're going to cover the PGA uh, that's starting next week, and we've been covering KBO, the Korea Baseball Organization. So we invite you to come uh, check us out. If you pick up a one-week membership right now, then that'll last however long we have to wait until we get 
Major League Baseball or the NBA back up and running. Uh, so uh, that's that's what we offer, Shane. And, uh, you know, I, I've had a lot of fun with you and the rest of the crew here, um, you know, working our way through this period as we wait for one of those sports to come back. Yeah, it's only, it's only $25 to sign up and you'll be able to join our Discord and talk to all our pros in the Discord. And we'll be providing uh, KBO lineups and the PGA lineups until the major sports start. Um, so you have lineups, player pool advice on DraftKings and all kinds of expert analysis that you'll have access to, plus a great community that uh, you can help when you're building your own lineups. Uh, so we really learn a lot together and have a lot of fun. We have a lot of contests in there. So 25 hours for what could be the equivalent of, you know, uh, potentially a couple months until those other seasons start. Um, that's a great value of uh, all the different lineups. I mean, there's going to be some big Millie makers uh, that are going to be at the PGA. There's going to be some huge tournaments there. And KBO has some great line, uh, some great uh, contest selection as well on DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. Definitely come in and join us. And then you'll be ready to go for the regular season as well. Once, uh, once the major sports start. Absolutely. So, Let's uh, let's get into the specific NFL advice that we want to share with folks. Uh, most of it we've covered, but uh, we're going to give the highlights here and talk about some general themes. So let, let's start there. Um, you know, Shane, I know one of the major themes that you've been uh, focusing on are some of these coaching changes, and you know, this is like the double whammy because we know that as you've as you've said, year to year things can change so much with a new head coach or a new coordinator. And then you add in the fact that it's harder for these coaches to get with their players. You know, this is a, you know, a major turning point for a lot of teams. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these new coaches haven't even met their players in person yet. Okay. So they haven't been able to coach them and really, you know, be able to coach on the field with any type of activity. So we missed pretty much all the OTAs. So that's going to have a dramatic effect. I mean, yeah, they can try to learn the playbook. They get the playbook. They're doing all the virtual meetings, but it's not the same as being able to train them in person, whether they have pads or not on an actual field. Uh, so that's so that's going to make a major effect. And you have to think about that when you're targeting certain offenses and certain teams in uh, DFS here. And it could be defenses that you're trying to target that that team that has a coaching change that has a lot of new players. And you know that they're not quite acclimated that offense yet. So there's going to be a lot of issues there. So that's the first thing I'll mention is coaching changes really have to keep that in mind. They're changing the complete philosophies on offense and defense. Uh, obviously, the players have changed as well, and they're probably not going to be as ahead of the game as they normally are. So they're basically at a competitive disadvantage. And I think that that will play out for real life football and for DFS. So so when you're choosing a player, once you're getting ready to build lineups and you're starting to think about who you like in fantasy, you got to think about that. Also, the rookies, the rookies are at a disadvantage this year. They're not going to have those rookie extra OTAs, offseason training activities. They're not going to have as much time instruction on the field and they're not going to be able to learn the playbook as much. Uh, and they're not going to have as much chemistry with their quarterbacks and, you know, offensive linemen won't have as much chemistry together, all those things. So keep in mind, you might want to temper your expectations for some of these rookies, even though there's a lot of exciting players coming in. Um, and then the, the other thing with the rookies is I prefer running backs over wide receivers. Wide receivers, they it's going to take them a lot more time to learn the new pro, uh, to learn the new system, the route concepts, 
to get the timing and chemistry down with whoever their new quarterback is. That takes time, and you really can't replace that and duplicate that by having virtual meetings or just occasional workouts, you know, uh, off to the side. So I don't think they're going to have enough time to get the uh, wide receivers up to speed right away. So it's going to take them longer to be able to acclimate. Um, and the other thing is uh, just the uh, all the free agents on new teams. You know, everyone's talking about players like Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady doesn't, even though he's really smart, he doesn't fully know the offense yet. He's trying to learn it. He hasn't actually run the plays in real life yet, right? You know, he hasn't met some of his teammates. I just keep bringing this up because, yes, he is the GOAT, but it's just an example. It, it's still going to be difficult for him to acclimate to that new offense and get the, uh, the timing down. Uh, so what do you think about that? Did you kind of see that as a theme of things that we've been looking at for the uh, – quarterbacks and the wide receivers getting on the same page. Yeah, I think all of those themes are very important. And I'll circle back to the coaching changes for a minute. You know, you, you see it a lot with these bad teams. Obviously, those are the ones that usually fire their coaches and hire new ones. And, you know, there's some variation even in that group. You look at the you look at Washington. And so you've got Rivera going up there. But at least he has his quarterback from last year, uh, Kyle Allen. So They've got some chemistry, so you get a, a little bit of an edge to them. But then, of course, they have a lot of rookies coming in who are going to be pass catchers that are going to try to build chemistry with Allen. So um, not going to expect too much out of that passing game. And then how about Rule down in Carolina? You know, he's going to try to adjust to the NFL for the first time and not even be able to meet his players. I mean, he's really behind the eight ball. Uh, and then a guy like uh, you know Joe Judge in New York, who I, I think he's going to be a fine coach. But again, you know, you take over a team that's had a down year uh, and you can't even and you're a new coach and you can't really work with them and really start to try to, you know, institute your system. You know, those teams, I think, will lag behind even more. And as far as the rookies, I, I certainly agree. Um, I, I think there's a lot of there's a there's a handful of rookie running backs that I'm excited about that I, I think are much more likely to hit. Uh, hit value early compared to some of these rookie, rookie uh, wide receivers. And, and yeah, in general, um, you know, we hear of uh, Tom Brady in the park down in Tampa, you know, trying to get workouts in, trying to meet up with his guys, uh, you know, his chemistry with Gronk, you know, they've got that covered for sure. But, but you're right. Um, that, that'll be the one hurdle for a guy like him is, just not having a full regular off season to build that new chemistry. Yeah. I just think that you really have to factor that in uh, when you're looking at new players and new teams. Yeah. I mean, even when you're talking about Matt rule being in Carolina, everyone just assumes that Christian McCaffrey is going to be the hands down number one, you know, fantasy player again, but who, who knows, you know, I mean, at least fantasy running back, uh, you know, that the offense is going to change. The whole philosophy is going to change. You know, uh, you just don't you just don't know. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is the new quarterback there, you know, Carolina. You don't know how that's going to work out in this new system uh, with having just less time together to get, you know, the timing with the wide receivers. It's just it's, a lot of these passing games are predicated on having that perfect timing and chemistry and pinpoint accuracy. And you're talking about a game of, uh, you know, fractions of a second in the NFL 
to, to make a successful play or to have a bad play. You know what I mean? The difference between a, a completion and an interception is we're talking fractions of a second with these, the type of speed and anticipation and knowledge these players have in the NFL. So that's why I think if that's off, that's going to hurt these passing games, especially situations where everything's new. Um, so I, you'll see a theme that I'll target more guys in the running game. Uh, even if they're newer, I'm okay with the running game for the most part. And I'm targeting passing games that already have experience in chemistry for the most part. There's always a few exceptions, but for the most part, you'll see that. Now, here's another theme. Speaking of opposite of the passing game, I'm seeing a lot of teams go to a power running game. Okay, kind of going back to the old school football. You know, I joked about that with uh, when I was doing the John Gruden impression, old school football, man. Yeah, so that's, you know. That's one of those teams right there that are going to have just that big offensive line and play old school football, two and three tight end sets. So Oakland Raiders would be example of that. But there's several other teams that when I analyze that they're either their new coaching staff or the way they're building the team with the new personnel to the draft and free agency. It all points to they want to go to a power running scheme and kind of control the game and slow the slow the clock down, you know, uh, you know, uh, slow down, slow down. Uh, uh, time of possession you know, and control that and those type of things. So those are things you have to keep in mind that might not be necessarily good for fantasy results, but it could be good if you're the, if, the, if you have the running back or the defense from that team. So a couple teams I'll just mention um, Baltimore. We already knew about that. They were kind of ahead of the scheme, head of the power running game scheme there. They have a unique element because they have Lamar Jackson, but even teams like green Bay are looking to do that power running game. They, they, uh, they got a, a new fullback, they got a uh, new big running back that they added to that group, um, you know, and who knows, Aaron Rodgers might be done within a year or two. So they're going to the power running game. Uh, Seattle, you've seen them do it, even though Russell Wilson's super efficient. Seattle uh, is a power running game. Even teams like Miami, who are horrible with the running game, built up their offensive line and added some running backs to be able to uh, run and got a new scheme in the power running scheme. Uh, teams like the New York Jets, Cleveland Browns, uh, another new coach there, Stefanski, who came from Minnesota. And what did Minnesota do last year? They run the ball. So that's another team, Minnesota. And then Cleveland, who has, uh, you know, the, used to be the coach there, uh, offense coordinator Stefanski is now the head coach at Cleveland. And they're talking about a power running game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Even the Washington Redskins, you have Darius Geis and uh, Adrian Peterson. They're going to want to play power run football, you know, uh, with Ron Rivera there. They're not going to want to put the ball in those quarterbacks hands so those are things that uh, that i see as a theme protect the quarterbacks you're going to be able to get the running game up to speed a lot quicker than the passing game with the shortened off season and that's what should be a way for teams to try to win early in the year uh what, what do you did you see the same theme when we were kind of studying this a lot yeah that's certainly something that came out as we were progressing there with as you mentioned some of the fullbacks that were added and some of the new coordinators and coaches so uh, I, I like that list. It is important to think about with particular running backs and defenses. We know that that goes hand in hand. And uh, we're going to circle back to some of these teams with uh, some of the breakout players and sleepers that we've got. So let, let's transition into that. What we're going to do here today is we're going to give you several players at each position that we think are going to exceed value in general. Um, these, these aren't, you know, new breakout players, you know, some of them are younger players, but we're just talking about on an average price, what we expect these guys to be priced at, who do we think is going to exceed value? You know, just a few of them. Okay. We're not going to give the entire list. Uh, we're going to share more of that throughout the summer 
as we get into the preseason here with our uh, NFL podcasts at DFS Coach Talk. But we're going to give you the, some players to exceed value at each position, and then we, we're going to give you a super-duper deep sleeper at each position. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Let, let's get into it, Shane. Let's start with the quarterbacks, and uh, give me a guy who you think is going to exceed value in 2020. Yeah, so uh, this is the guy I know a lot about. I'm going to start with Matthew Stafford. People are saying, oh, of oh, course no. you Detroit, are. Detroit Sports Shane is going to start with Matthew Stafford. It's... And uh, this this is a guy that uh, was on a pace for MVP caliber season before he had his injury in this in this offense here. So uh, this Daryl Bevel offense uh, and the weapons that he has around it. So what did we just talk about? I'm concerned about teams that don't know the offense, don't know, aren't familiar with the coaching and don't have good timing. Well, Stafford has all that. Stafford has elite to- uh, elite level talent. They have an upgraded offensive line, which is important to protect him. Right. Because last year he was injured. And then he has wide receivers like Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, who's really good. And Dan- Dami Allen Dola, that he already has timing and chemistry. They already know the offense. He also has DeAndre Swift who's a rookie, but he's already working out in Georgia several times a week right now. They're both from Georgia. Okay, they're working out. So DeAndre Swift is going to take it to the next level in terms of that pass-catching playmaker out of the backfield and being able to run the ball. on Johnson could be healthy. That's all going to help Matthew Stafford, having a running game, setting the play action up. Uh, and TJ Hawkinson will have a bounce back year as well if he can stay healthy. So my point is if Stafford uh, – Stafford plays a full season with the weapons and chemistry. He's going to hit the ground running and be a fantasy star right away. And he's probably not going to be that expensive. So you're going to be able to target him right away. And um, I know that they have teams, they have games against teams like the Houston Texans, who I like in a shootout there. They, they play like the Washington Redskins. It could be a shootout. They play the Jacksonville Jaguars, a lot of teams that you can really target. So definitely look for Matthew Stafford. Don't, don't, uh, don't doubt him because he doesn't, He's going to be able to hit the ground running right away. Okay, so he has a lot of chemistry with these guys already. He already knows a second year in this offense, and really the sky's the limit. He could be one of the top quarterbacks in, in the uh, you know in the league this year. Um, so how, how do you feel about uh, Stafford there? I've, I'm actually hearing a lot of other national media uh, fantasy experts picking Stafford this year, which is rare. Uh, so it's not just a homer pick necessarily. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'll support that pick, even though you are a DET sports chain. <laughs> yeah. um, for the reasons you mentioned, uh, I do like him to be a strong performer this year and, and exceed value. So uh, good start there. My first guy here uh, to exceed value at the quarterback position is going to be Drew Brees. I'm excited he's going to come back for another year. Speaking of Monday night football and primetime football, instead of being in the booth himself, he's going to get back out on the field. Um, but, I, you know, I like to look at the range of pricing for these players last year compared to their average fantasy output. And he's one of the guys who, you know, he almost averaged 3X his price, his highest price, okay? Because on DraftKings, his highest price was 7K, and he averaged 20.21 points per game. So you're, you're getting more than 3X on average with him. And... You know, he's another guy with a lot of continuity. He's got the stud in, in Michael Thomas. And to be able to add Emmanuel Sanders to the mix, I mean, you know, they've had such a mess in terms of that wide receiver, too. You know, guys like Ginn, uh, aging or or the, the, the youth uh, guys just you don't have the experience. So 
you know, I think that's a huge addition there. And oh, by the way, week one, I might just have to play Drew Brees. They're playing Tampa, and we know that Tampa has a strong rushing defense, but they were very weak against the pass last year. And won't that be fun to see Brees and Brady in week one? Uh, they're both going to be shooting for that shootout, uh, you know, try to one up the other, get that edge in the career stats. Uh, so uh, I'll be looking at Breeze in week one and uh, often throughout the season. Yeah, talk about two goats going against each other. Yeah, that, that's going to be a sweet matchup. But, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I didn't realize Drew Breeze was was uh, at, you know, I thought he was priced the same as the top level guy. But if he's if he is priced like that at the second tier, uh, being that he's probably going to, he's so efficient, he's probably going to be top tier in terms of production, then yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can see that's that he'd be in a great play, especially now he has a few more weapons and he already has chemistry and you don't have to worry about that whole getting to know the offense thing with him, right? I mean, he's the that's master, right. he knows everything, right? Uh, so that's good. All right. Uh, good pick there with Drew Brees, uh, quarterback, another quarterback. Uh, I got a lot on the list here. I got some good uh, people, guys, people are talking about. I'm going to talk about Deshaun Watson, uh, I like Deshaun Watson. Obviously, this guy is a playmaker. He's mobile. He could get rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and he's also very good in the passing game. I like his ability to make big plays in the passing game. And I actually kind of like the fact that he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, so people are going to automatically think, well, he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins. He doesn't have as many weapons. I probably want to fade Deshaun Watson because he's fairly expensive. Uh, but this guy has a monster ceiling. He can easily put up – 40 plus point games. He can consistently put up 30 plus games. And I feel like he's just going to be able to spread the ball out a little more this year. I think Will Fuller will step up as a top tier wide receiver. I like the fact that they have Brandon Cooks to take the top off the defense, another speed burner guy to go with Will Fuller. And I really like Randall Cobb. They picked him up in the slot. He's a nice, reliable veteran slot playmaker there. Uh, and I like his tight ends. Uh, I actually do uh, like uh, uh, Duke Johnson and David Johnson. Both can catch the ball. Um, and then he has the rushing ability. And guess what else? The defense isn't great. The defense does usually just give up quite a bit of points, which means Deshaun Watson has to air it out and let it let it rip, basically. So those are all good things I like to, for Deshaun Watson. And I feel like some people might be overlooking him and going more towards your, obviously, your other top-tier guys like your Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, understandably. Uh, but I think Deshaun Watson, if his price comes in reasonable – uh, I think he's a guy that can go, have a huge ceiling and be very consistent this year. And, and even with DeAndre, without DeAndre Hopkins, can really score a ton. So uh, so I'm really high on him this year. Yeah, I just hope that Fuller and Cooks will stay healthy. You know, we yep. know they both had various issues, Cooks with the concussions, Fuller in and out of the lineup. Um, and, and man, what a boomer bust guy. So hopefully he can be healthy, be a little bit more consistent. And, you know, he's that one wide out coming back who's going to have the chemistry with, with Watson. So he'll, he'll have to build it with those other guys, but I, I do have faith in him. And uh, we'll just have to hope that his price comes down a little bit. We know he's often pretty pricey. So Yeah, that's the uh, nice thing about uh, DFS is we don't have to worry about health. I mean, hopefully they just stay healthy for that one game, you know, because if they're injured, then, yeah, we, we might have to take Watson off the list if he loses a couple top receivers. Um, but, yeah, it's it's you have to kind of look at his price, but I feel like, people probably will be off him if he's priced high and he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins. So they're going to be like, okay, this guy's expensive and he lost his top receiver, which is one of the reasons why I kind of like him to get him at lower ownership, you know? Um, so, yeah. So I think he's a good guy that can kind of fly under the radar a little bit there. Excellent. All right. Well, here's the first super deep sleeper. Uh, we're going to give you one each at the quarterback position and I'm going to go with 
Jarrett Stidham in New England. We just had the Patriots podcast yesterday. Had a lot of fun talking about Stidham with Micah Patria on that episode. And I'll just give you some of the key nuggets that stood out to me for Stidham. I watched all of his snaps from the preseason last year, and I was really impressed. You know, with the eye test, I liked how he stood in the pocket, dealt with pressure, um, threw with confidence, threw on target. He had uh, he completed 68% of his passes, uh, played all four weeks, threw for almost 200 yards per per week in you know limited action. And the four touchdown to one interception, four to one turnover ratio, um, and the the interception he got hit on the on the pass, so it wasn't a bad pick. Uh, so I, I do think he's going to win the job, and yeah, you know, I I don't think I don't think Bill Belichick would go into the season without huge faith in him. And they start out week one with Miami, and I, I think they may be looking for a little bit of revenge from that week 17 loss last year. So. Uh, I'll be anxious to see what his price tag is. And, you know, based on the matchup, I'm going to play him a couple times this season, I'm expecting. Yeah, no, he's an interesting guy that no one really knows that much about him because he hasn't really played that much. So he's the definition of a sleeper. He's going to come out of nowhere if he does break out. And uh, it's going to be kind of a wait and see thing. But, yeah, if you're talking about, you know, GPPs or if his price is minimum and you roll him out there in cash – uh, and a good matchup, then yeah, he's a guy that I don't think a lot of people are going to be on really. Uh, so, and he, he must have talent, like you said, because why would they put the, the hands of the franchise, you know, one of the best franchises in the league that put the hands of the franchise in this guy and solely go all in on him uh, if he wasn't, if he didn't have talent. So no one really knows for sure. And, you know, if he looked good in preseason, I think that he knows the offense. So that's good. We don't have to worry about that. He's had enough reps in the offense, not necessarily regular season, but he's had reps. So that's a bonus there. Uh, hopefully his uh, wide young wide receivers can develop and uh, yeah, they, they might have something there for a guy as long as he's uh, very low price there. So uh, yeah, so that's, a, that's definitely a good pick. Uh, so I'm going to go with the quarterback true sleeper pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Drew Locke from the Denver Broncos. Uh, you see, he kind of uh, had a couple good games last year, um, but you know, they, they have faith in this guy. Uh, talk about the eye test. This guy really passes the eye test. He's big. He's got a pretty good arm you know, decent accuracy, but I really like how his, his poise in the pocket, he's not afraid to stand in the pocket and kind of, you know, climb the pocket and maneuver it and stand in there. He's not afraid to take a hit if he needs to, but he's, you know, I think he's really improved in terms of working the pocket and letting the routes develop and find an open receiver. And he didn't really have that many weapons last year. There was a lot of injuries and he pretty much had Cortland Sutton who was good. And he was pretty much just peppering him with targets. But now that you added uh, Jerry Judy to that, uh, uh, to that offense. Uh, and then uh, they added a, a few other uh, receivers as well. Uh, what was the guy? Uh, was it uh, Hamler? Ham- yeah, Hamler. Yep, another speed deep threat there to run routes. And then that frees up space uh, underneath for guys like Noah Fant for him. Uh, so I just really like uh, the off. I think the offensive line's solid. Uh, he has, uh, you know, uh, Melvin Gordon now, which is going to help the offense, you know. He can catch the ball of the backfield. So he just has all these playmakers all around him. And I think he has a lot of talent. And he was 4-1 and one when he started last year. Um, so I feel like Drew Locke is poised for a breakout year. And he's a sleeper. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of under the radar. People aren't thinking about the Denver offense. But they certainly set him up for success. So uh, so definitely uh, a guy that can fly under the radar and, and, and to be a good court, 
quarterback play, and he should be super cheap as well in DFS. Excellent. So um, let's transition to the running back group, and let's do the same thing. Let's start with one of your running backs who you think is going to exceed value this season. Yeah, so I I really like Nick Chubb, and I know with Nick Chubb, the whole narrative right now is, okay, the guy's super talented, he's in a you know an okay offense, but Kareem Hunt is like, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber running back sitting right there with him, right? And is Kareem Hunt going to break, you know, bust, you know, take, you know, bust out and take a bunch of his carries, which totally makes sense. But that's kind of why I like Nick Chubb is that everyone's going to kind of ignore him. They're going to be afraid of him, uh, even if he is a little bit high priced. I feel like if you look at this offense, it's going to be uh, similar to what Minnesota ran last year. And that's one of the things that we identified with Stefanski. And again, new new head coach, new offense. So, yeah, everyone's thinking Cleveland Browns. I want to target this passing game with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and and uh, and the new tight end. Uh, what is it? Hooper. Yeah. Austin Hooper. Right. So, of course, you're thinking that. But if you look at it, that's not what that offensive philosophy is. It's going to be much easier to, to get them to get this power running game, this zone running game going. And Nick Chubb's a perfect fit for that. So Nick Chubb. And here's the other thing I like. The Cleveland Browns significantly improved their offensive line. Their offensive line was really bad last year. So Nick Chubb did pretty good with the bad offensive line, but now they have a ton more power and a lot better blocking technique and a lot better offensive line means there's more room for that. So with the increased volume in the running attack with the Cleveland Browns in an improved offensive line and overall a good offense, they're going to score more. I like Nick Chubb as a, as a safe floor, high ceiling play. Um, and he might get a little lower ownership because he's still going to be fairly expensive and people are completely worried about Kareem Hunt, which I understand that. But I'm okay. I think there's enough volume to go around because they're going to run the ball so much and be so efficient, so good in the running game. Um, so that's why, and uh, you know, with an improved defense as well, uh, I think that they'll be in those you know low-scoring kind of grinded out games. It's going to benefit the running back, the running game with the Cleveland Browns. So that's my pick there, Nick Chubb. That's my first running back I like. Yeah, and I'm I'm in the camp who I'm a little bit more concerned because of Hunt and all those uh, passes he caught down the stretch there. I think it was 37 catches in only eight games and he definitely took away from hunt. So I, for me, it's, it's really going to have to be that, that game script where we're very confident that they're going to be playing with the lead. And, you know, again, based on the price uh, we'll, we'll take a look, but I, I like, you know, your excitement about how the running game will be even more effective in those, in those matchups with a positive game script. So I'm going to turn to, a fellow who is trending down a little bit, Todd Gurley, as a, a guy that I think is going to exceed value. Um, you know, low numbers last year, disappointing, uh, not healthy, um, less efficient, but he got in the end zone. Um, you know, 12, 12 scores on the ground, two through the air, and he goes to Atlanta. And we know that they they can't get Julio Jones in the end zone, so th- why not why not lean on Gurley, a guy who knows how to hit pay dirt, and you know another one of these week one matchups that I'm looking at, going against Seattle, who was 22nd in yardage given up to running backs and 30th in touchdowns last year, um, so I like Todd Gurley here. Um, I'm anticipating using him some in week one. And, you know, hoping that everybody is down on him because of the down year last year. Yeah, I think I like targeting him earlier in the year, maybe the first three or four games, because obviously 
it's a legitimate concern whether he can make it through a whole year and whether his knee is going to start acting up on him uh, with the arthritis and the issues he has there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's in a great offense here. I'm a little concerned about the offensive line. You know, they're decent, but they're not an elite level offensive line for the Falcons. And obviously it's a good passing game, but overall it's a pretty good offense, a high scoring offense. So if you get into the red zone and you get Tom Gurley some touchdowns, he can certainly put up some, uh, some touchdown, good red zone guy. And I think if they can, throw him the ball a lot. They don't really have like a pass catching guy that's going to take away the reception. So I think he'll get a decent amount of receptions and they can start using him in the passing game. Like he used to be used in, 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 uh, in LA or with the Rams. Uh, so yeah, I could see him definitely early in the year. And then uh, later in the year, I would start getting a little nervous. We'll, we'll see at the monitor his reps and see how his health is. But yeah, he's definitely a guy that people are, he's burned a lot of people in, in daily fantasy and season log. So it's a good guy to target because he's still talented and uh, he's, he's out to prove people wrong. I think after everything that's went down, he was really not happy with the Rams. So kind of like it when they have the chip on the shoulder and, you know, he can have a couple good games until his knee gets out again. Yeah. Well, he, he burned <laughs> me. He burned me in week one last year against Carolina where, yeah. he, you know, McVay pulled him and he didn't get to score. Uh, yeah. I know, I know you were not on him. So you had no. a, you had a good week one. Uh, so he no. kind of, you know, maybe a little payback here for all of us. If if we have faith in him, um, it'll work out in week one this year. So Yeah, he was already in the McVeigh doghouse, I think, yeah. at that point where in Atlanta he's got a fresh new start. He's not in the doghouse, you know. Uh, so uh, it's kind of like David Johnson, you know. He was in the doghouse with uh, Kingsbury out in Arizona and didn't even get to play where I think in, uh, he, he's, he's one of the guys that, you know, that I like David Johnson. So it's another example of a veteran guy who can make a comeback, you know. Yeah. So who's your next running back to exceed value? Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Kenyon Drake. You know, Kenyon Drake obviously came on strong with this Arizona, the spread offense. He's a great fit for it. And I just like his role in the passing game. Uh, there's not really any other running backs that you have to worry about there that are going to take all his, you know, take all his carries or, you know, so he's a true kind of workhorse back that you can just do so many creative things with in this offense. And I think obviously this offense added DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, I think that's just going to help them have even more red zone opportunities. And again, Kenyon Drake in the running game, is they're already familiar with the scheme. They don't really have to get timing and chemistry where DeAndre Hopkins has to come in there and get chemistry and timing and learn the offense. He still doesn't even know the offense, right? So I feel like especially early in the year, Kenyon Drake is going to be the star of that offense. And, the, you know, the offensive line, is if they can stay healthy, I think they should be improved. They were really bad last year. Uh, so with with Kenyon Drake with an improved offensive line and a major role in production in this fast-paced offense, uh, I think that that's gonna, he's going to be a star this year, even if he's priced up a little bit because they're expecting the production. I think he's a guy that you definitely like. Uh, people will be targeting that passing game because you're thinking Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and all these great guys, Larry Fitzgerald, right? So I like to, you know, again, pivot to the running back in that offense, and he's going to be a, a byproduct of that successful offense. Um, and this guy can do everything, and he's obviously a big playmaker. So – so definitely like Kenyon Drake here. Yeah, he made a big splash last year there when he when he went over there midseason. Uh, just kept getting in the end zone, putting up big fantasy days. So uh, solid prediction there. And let's transition to our super duper deep sleeper running back. And I'll go first here. I'm going to go with a rookie with the Steelers, Anthony McFarland Jr. out of Maryland. And I spoke about this on the Steelers podcast we did. I love James Conner. Uh, I love his toughness. Um, you know, I love his versatility, how he's a three down back. 
But, you know, last year we started to see him get banged up and have that be a real issue. And Anthony McFarland Jr., this guy's got much better speed than Connor. He's, he ran a 4-4-4-40. He's great outside the tackles. And I think there's a real chance that he's going to get some early down work and Connor will be transitioning more to being in there all the time on third down. They'll try to keep Connor healthy. And so, you know, that's a that's a backfield I'm going to watch really closely early in the season. Let's see what McFarland's price is. And, you know, if he's minimum price in the right matchup, you know, I'm going to put him out there and, and hope that he gets, uh, you know, enough touches where he can hit the home run once because he does have the speed to hit the home run. And so he's my super duper sleeper for running backs. Yeah, I think he's a good guy. I think uh, with the rookies, you have to, you know, see if how they are for reliability and like pass protection and that type of thing to see if he can get a third down and be able to get get in the screen game, quick passes. And yeah, he could get some early down work. I mean, they certainly don't want to run James Conner into the ground every single year. They'd like to have him for a playoff run. And this offense traditionally has a great offensive line and it's a great offense for running backs for in the passing game and the running game. Great scheme, and especially when Ben Roethlisberger's in there as the sheriff, you know, running running that offense, he can really get him into some good run looks. Uh, he's like I like I described him as a coach on the field when we did the Steelers podcast. So that right there helps this offense more red zone opportunities, more scoring, and better opportunity for the running back. So I could see him coming up out of nowhere and being the star star guy that no one was thinking about because there's a lot of these other star rookie running backs that people are talking about, but no one's talking about you know McFarland. So yeah, I definitely I think that's a good pick. Um, and yeah, if Connor gets injured again, then yeah, it's game on with him for sure. <laughs> Definitely. So, so that's a good one. Uh, my deep sleeper is not a young guy. He's a, well, he's actually not that old. He's actually like 25, 26, but I'm actually going to pick running back Jordan Howard as a deep sleeper. Uh, people don't really like Jordan Howard cause he had, you know, he started out his career really good with Chicago and then he had a couple bad years kind of burn people in fantasy. He was okay last year in Philadelphia, but he couldn't stay healthy. Um, but Jordan Howard is with the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins were absolutely atrocious in the run game last year. Um, but in the offseason, they upgraded their offensive line with a lot more talent and some really big uh, interior offensive linemen. And they brought in Chan Gailey, offensive coordinator. They run a run that uh, power scheme, that run pass option, uh, you know, gap power scheme running game. So they're going to want to run the ball a ton and Jordan Howard is a big physical back, and I think he's still got a good, got a lot of talent. So he's going to get volume and opportunity. He's the starting running back. I know some people are worried about uh, uh, the, the guy Breda. got from us, Breda from San Francisco, which Breda is super talented, but, but Breda is not a workhorse type back. He's an undersized guy. He can't handle the full load. So Jordan down with the red zone in the early down work. I think it's going to actually be pretty productive, even though Miami was bad last year. I think this is, that's why he's kind of a sleeper, because you don't think to target Miami running backs as bad as they were last year. Um, but I think he'll be solid production for a cheap price. So he's a good under-the-radar sleeper guy that I like. Well, it's also music to the ears of Santino, our Miami Dolphins expert here at DFS Coach Talk. Oh, so, yeah. He, he, he uh, loves Breida more than Howard. I mean, he, he likes Howard okay, just because Breida's more exciting with him being right. kind of a freak athlete right. and a big playability. Jordan Howard, there's nothing exciting about him, which is kind of why he's a sleeper. I think he's going to get a ton of volume, and I think he's going to be productive, and I think that they want to run the ball, and they're they're going to they're going to really focus on that. And I think that they can get up to speed with the shortened offseason in this running game again compared to a passing game. Um, so yeah, I think I think he'll actually do well there. Yeah, another another game script situation for me. So yeah. 
let's transition to the wide receivers here. And Shane, please give us one of your breakout values uh, in terms of just generally exceeding value at the wide receiver position this year. Yeah, I got a lot of wide receivers here. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Will Fuller. Okay, so Will Fuller, everyone knows, just kind of that boomer bust. He's a speed guy. He doesn't really have that great of hands. He kind of drops a pass every now and then. But he's in a great offense. Deshaun Watson, I feel like, is going to have an excellent year. Um, And I feel like Will Fuller is going to take over where DeAndre Hopkins is. He's going to absorb a lot of those targets. I think DeAndre Hopkins probably had – I don't have the targets in front of me, but probably 150 targets. Uh, so Will Fuller is going to take take over there and get a ton more targets. And one thing that I noticed with the eye test with Will Fuller last year when he was healthy, I know that's a big if, uh, is that he improved his short and intermediate route running, uh, like his quick slants across the middle and that type of thing. Uh, and so I think he became a better route runner and better overall receiver last year. Um, and I think that he'll continue that development this year and play a more major role in this offense, which is a great off passing offense to be in. And he's still going to have that deep threat. I know it's a big if, but all these picks are assuming these players stay healthy. And also we're, we're looking at these for DFS. We don't need Will Fuller to stay healthy the whole year. Cause obviously if he gets injured, we're not going to play him next week. Um, but so I love Will Fuller is a guy that exceeds value that I think he actually has a much safer floor this year. And I think his ceiling is still enormous and his price is pretty reasonable because no one really knows what's going to happen for sure with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, with all those targets that were, you know, uh, that were given up there, that uh, evacuated there, that teams, you know, there's a lot of volume passing volume that he can, he can account for. And I think Will Fuller would be an every down receiver and be much more productive. So I, I really like him. Excellent. Now, my guy is a little bit different. He's more of a slot receiver, um, not going to hit the home run too much. But it's Jamison Crowder, and the thing that he has in common is he's the, another one of these wide receivers who's coming back with his quarterback. And you know he, he put up really solid numbers last year, uh, got to play all 16 games, and you know the Jets have a lot of turnover at the wide receiver position. So I think he's going to be targeted by Darnold early and often. And again, another week one pick for me. They're going up against Buffalo. And in the two games last year against the Bills, he had 20.6 and 24.3. And this is a guy you usually can get around 5K on DraftKings, you know, maybe the mid 5Ks, but terrific value there. So Jamison Crowder is a guy I'm going to look for, um, you know, on a consistent basis to be one of those you know, wide receivers who, you know, probably not looking for like a six X return, but, you know, give me a four X return in the right matchup and I'll be happy. Yeah. I think Sam Darnold's going to have a much better year this year. And I think we talked about other offensive line improved, better protection, and he's got great chemistry with Crowder. And yeah, so Crowder's definitely, he's underrated. He's awesome in PPR formats as well. Um, So I think that's a great pick. Uh, and then my other wide receiver that I like, I have I have a lot of them on here, um, but I'm going to go with uh, Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, what I like about Calvin Ridley, I like his precise route running. He's got great hands, and I think that the, he can pretty much run all routes. He can hit you, uh, again, underneath intermediate deep routes. He can do everything. I like Matt Ryan in chemistry. So, again, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, they already know the offense, already have great chemistry. With Julio Jones in that offense – they have to pay so much attention 
uh, to that to uh, to Julio Jones that Calvin Ridley often has one on one coverage and he doesn't always have a safety over top top of him. So I think Calvin Ridley is going to have a breakout year and continue to improve and get better. And I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of guys that uh, left there like Mohamed Sanu and a few other guys that left that vacated some targets. So there's a lot of targets to go around in this passing game. Um, I know they do have a new tight end. Um, but uh, I think I, I feel like Calvin Ridley is due for a breakout in this offense. And it also helps that the Atlanta Falcons defense is pretty bad, which means they're going to be in a lot of shootouts with a lot of passing volume. And teams are going to try to shut down Julio Jones, which means it's time for Calvin Ridley to eat. And I think he's a reasonably priced guy that has a great ceiling and a good floor again. So I really like him in DFS. Yeah, he's really trending up. So I, I like that selection as well. Now, my super duper deep sleeper wide receiver is a guy that I'm going to pair up with my super-duper deep sleeper quarterback in Jared, Jared Stidham, and that is Jacoby Myers for the Patriots. Uh, last year, he went 26 catches for 359. Uh, now he's in year two with Stidham, and they had a, a nice con- connection in the preseason last year. Stidham, uh, you know, his favorite targets in that preseason were Jacoby Myers and Demarius Thomas, you know, and, of course, Thomas is gone. So, uh I like that connection there. Myers may be that fourth receiver starting out for the Patriots, but we know that Belichick likes to scheme certain guys in certain roles, you know, especially under the radar. So I could easily see him sneaking in there, minimum price, and getting, you know, three for 60 and a score, uh, maybe even two scores some game. Uh, It would not shock me. So there's a, a super deep sleeper for you to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think he does have some talent. He's he's definitely showed some flash. So I mean, again, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of targets to go around here, and there's not really a clear cut number one besides Edelman, obviously. Um, but they they're not really passing to the tight end that much. And uh, yeah, if he can get in the mix there uh, and and be able to play on the on the outside, uh, three or four wide receiver sets, I think that he's definitely a good sleeper. It's just New England, as you know, uh, you're probably familiar with them. It's pretty hard to predict who's going to go off each week, you know, <laughs> very hard. But he, I think that is a guy that could pop in certain in certain game situations there. Um, yeah, and then my deep sleeper, uh, and this is a really deep sleeper that uh, we had to do a double take to remember this guy was still on the team. Remember when we were studying the Arizona, Car- Arizona Cardinals, that's why he's a nice sleeper, is uh, wide receiver Hakeem Butler. Uh, Hakeem Butler was drafted in 2019 and then he had a really bad injury. Uh, I think it was like a broken, you know, finger, which is not good for a wide receiver. So he never actually played. Um, but, uh, this guy, they don't really have like that big physical guy besides Larry Fitzgerald, but obviously he's past his prime. Hakeem Butler is compared to like Kelvin Johnson type talent. The guy's six, five, two twenty five. Uh, at Iowa State, he, you know, he tore it up. I mean, I'm, t- I'm bringing up his college stats because he's never played in the NFL, but 60 catches, over 1,300 yards, like nine touchdowns his senior year. Uh, so he already knows the offense. He's had enough time to study in the offense, you know, if he can get his chemistry. He did play some in the uh, preseason a little bit in training camp, so it means he has had reps in this offense. And this offense with the Cardinals often runs, runs uh, four wide receiver uh, sets here. So I like him as a sleeper. Obviously, teams are going to have to pay a lot of attention to DeAndre Hopkins. So Hakeem Butler is the type of guy he has like four five or four four speed at that size. He's the type of guy who can sneak up sneak up on people. Uh, and then also in the red zone, he can get opportunities. Obviously, Hopkins and Fitzgerald are in the mix there as well. But this guy's a sleeper that would be at the absolute minimum price, and no one's thinking of him. And he's, right. he's the type of guy that could pop off for a big for a big game. So 
so definitely uh, pay attention to he- Hakeem Butler and see how he does uh, as we get into training camp preseason because he's a good deep sleeper. Excellent. Uh, Shane, let's transition to the tight ends here. Uh, who is your number one tight end here to exceed value? You know, I got I got a lot of them here that I like, uh, but I kind of like Mike Gusecki from the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins um, are really going to be running the ball a lot, but they're when they do pass, they're going to be a lot of those quick short passes, play action type passes in this in this offense. Um, and I like the Chan Gailey offense with the tight ends here, and I like the fact that Gusecki's big and athletic. He's a red zone target, and whether it's Fitzpatrick or it ends up being Tua in there, I think that he will get a lot of targets. There's not really any other competition for targets at the tight end position. Um, And so I think that he's really good across the middle, and they're really going to need him in the passing game. Um, So I could see Gusecki having a breakout year at tight end and kind of, you know, coming out of nowhere. He he had a pretty good year last year, but I think that he's due for an even bigger breakout. And, of course, he's another guy that's fairly cheap almost all the time, but he has the type of upside – you know, uh, that you can get. So if you want to pivot off those high price tight ends, because obviously a lot of people are going to be on those top five guys, you know, that everyone talks about. Gusecki's a good guy to pivot. That you can get a lower ownership cheaper and still has the upside there. I think he's going to compile a ton of touchdowns and get a, and quite a bit, quite a bit of catches over the middle too. Excellent. Yeah. And I, I've said it once and I'll say it, I'll say it many more times. I like to build lineups on DraftKings with two tight ends, um, especially when you can get a guy who's a lot cheaper like that and pair him with one of the studs. You know, if, if the cheaper guy has a nice matchup. So uh, he's certainly in consideration for me there. My breakout guy at the tight end position who's not, you know, one of the higher price guys is Noah Fant. And you mentioned uh, how, how strongly you feel about Drew Locke being a breakout candidate this year to exceed value. And I, I like Fant with, you know, over 500 yards in his back pocket and 40 catches from last year, got in the end zone three times. And I just like the speed, four or five speed. He's an athlete. Um, so he's my guy to exceed value. Yeah, I mean, you really like that Drew Locke has a ton of chemistry with them. Again, going back to our conversation, you want to target guys that already have experience in the offense and have chemistry and timing with their quarterback. So not only does Noah Fant have crazy freak athletic upside and size and speed and all that stuff, but he's got good chemistry with Drew Locke and he didn't get to play a full season with him. But with full season with him, then I think that this guy could be a huge production. And that's what you really want with these tight ends is those like freak athletic tight ends. You know, you don't want the guy that just stays in and blocks and once in a while catches a little short pass. You know, so Noah Fant's a big play type guy. I love his run after the catch ability. Um, and, yeah, I think he's a great pick. And, again, he's probably going to be fairly cheap, you know. And I think it's a good pivot to pay down at tight end there rather than going for your Kelsey's and your, you know, your Darren Wallers and, uh, you know, Zachers that everyone's going to be on. If you could differentiate there and save money there and load up on other positions, I think that could be a good good way to build a lineup. So like even like even like what you said, the extreme version of that is getting to it those guys at tight end and then you can load up everywhere else so uh, it's not a bad philosophy especially with the type of athleticism and upside that some of these young tight ends have that are going to come that people aren't necessarily thinking about that much so yeah i think that's a great pick all right shane give us one more tight end here uh that people aren't going to be thinking about who you think can exceed value so this one is uh, almost in the sleeper category but uh chris herndon and I think uh, I think it was was I on the Jets uh, podcast with you, and I said yeah. I said guess who was draft uh, guess who was uh, ranked above Chris Herndon or no guess who Chris Herndon was ranked above last year? 
Darren Waller and Mark right. Andrews, right? In, in most season long drafts, right? So my point was Chris Herndon, he had an injury and he had a suspension last year and a really bad injury. It was just a disaster, but they actually really like him. He had over 500 yards receiving his rookie year. So if, he, if this guy gets his keeps his head on straight and, and goes in there with an improved offense with the Jets, uh, and if he can get a full season uh, with the with Sam Darnold there, I think that he's the main target there. Um, and you had the backup, uh, I think it's Griffin last year, flash for a couple of big games. You're going to get that from Herndon, except for he's going to get a lot more catches and, and receptions and, you know, and still be a red zone target there across the middle. So I think Herndon's a big breakout player that no one's thinking about because it's really been a couple of years since he's played now. Uh, but I think that's the perfect, uh, you know, guy that can fly under the radar uh, that has a lot of talent and is very cheap. Excellent. Yeah. And I think he's he is on the edge of the super duper sleeper category. But my guy in that box is going to be Blake Jarwin for the tight ends. And here's a guy who his numbers were moderate, 31 catches, 365, three scores. But you got to remember, Jason Witten is gone. And he was kind of quiet last year, but steady. And he had 63 catches for 529 and four scores. So, you know, if he gets half of that production from Dak, then all of a sudden we're looking at a really good season. And we know he's going to be low priced. So, again, based on the matchup uh, and Shane, I think you pointed out, uh, Rams in week one, uh, that could yeah. be a target there. So, uh, keep an eye on Blake Jarwin, uh, this fall. Yeah, no, he's, he's a sleeper if you're not a Cowboys fan, because right. the one thing I know about Cowboys fan, we, we might know a couple in, in, in the DFS coach talk here, they really overhype these players. So because they're overhyping Blake Jarwin, they're trying to get him off the sleeper radar and they need to be quiet. Because right. uh, for us guys that are Cowboys fans, we do like him in fantasy, but the Cowboys fans need to just shut up about him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's a sleeper unless you're an overhyped Cowboys fan. <laughs> you know That's what I right. mean by that? It's funny. Uh, so I had to throw a shout out to Coach there for his. Uh, he's a big Cowboys fan. Uh, my deep sleeper uh, tight end is uh, Jay Sternberger uh, from the Green Bay Packers. Another young, athletic guy. Had a great college career, pass receiving, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of catches there in yards. Uh, and he's been kind of buried in the depth chart uh, at Green Bay. But now that Jimmy Graham's out of there, this guy should get a lot of a lot of reps and be able to run a lot of routes and get some passing targets. And as you know, their wide receiver core, aside from Don, Devontae Adams, they don't have a ton of you know clear-cut stars in there. Um, so I think that they can use Jay Sternberger as like a big slot and get him involved in this offense. And obviously they have Aaron Rodgers is a great is a great quarterback. So Sternberger is going to be very cheap and really under the radar and could have a breakout here this year in, in this offense uh, for Green Bay. So I definitely like Jay Sternberger as a, as a deep sleeper here. Excellent. Well, we, we, before we hit the defenses, uh, Shane, where can everybody find you on Twitter? So I am at DET Sports Shane. So stands for Detroit Sports Shane. So DET Sports Shane on Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. And you can find me at Language Olympic. We invite you to uh, reach out to us on Twitter. We'd love to interact with you. And Shane, let's wrap up with a couple defenses here. Give me a team that, you, that you're looking at to exceed value on the defensive side in 2020. Yeah, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are probably my favorite defense. I know they're kind of a chalk defense but I don't really care in this case they're going to be like New England was last year you just eat the chalk uh the Baltimore Ravens were already loaded 
They made a trade and they got Jason Peters and that really uh, shored up their secondary last year. And after they got Peters, they were absolutely shutting people down and just making all kinds of plays. Uh, and they also added Calais Campbell. They got him for like a fifth round pick or think from the Jaguars or something like that. So another like great pass rusher guy that's stout against the run. So I don't think you can really run or pass against the, these guys. They'll absolutely shut teams down. Uh, you know, they get to play the Bengals twice, you know, a rookie quarterback in, in their division. So it's just, I think it's just a great defense to target for fantasy. And I think they're worth paying up for that. They're just going to absolutely dominate. And then at the other side of the ball, the offense is going to control the time of possession. So this defense is just sitting there waiting, you know, <laughs> they're getting a lot of rest, you know, so it's just complete dominance. And I think also the fact that this team gets up so big that the opposing team gets sloppy on offense is more likely to throw like pick sixes and, you know, hold the ball too long and give up sacks and fumbles, all that good stuff for fantasy goodness on a defense. So definitely love the Baltimore Ravens this year, even though they're chalky, uh, they're just too good to pass up for me. All right. And the team I'm going to start with was chalky two years ago, the Chicago Bears. Last year, they were down a little bit. You know, their takeaways went from 36 down to 19. But in their first year with Chuck Pagano as defensive coordinator, they were eighth in the NFL in yards allowed, ninth in passing yards, and eighth or ninth in rushing yards. So very consistent there in yardage. They just didn't have those big plays, those pick sixes that we got in 2018. But they do have three pro bowlers coming back, a guy named Khalil Mack, and then uh, Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson in the, in the secondary. And then they, they did deal with injuries last year. Akeem Hicks only played five games as a defensive end. And then two of their best linebackers, Roquan Smith, only played 12. Danny Trevathan only played nine. They added another playmaker in the draft, second rounder, Jalen Johnson out of Utah. One more guy who might get you a pick six if he's out there. And then, oh, by the way, if they get Nick Foles out there, they should have a much better offense and uh, you know, take a little pressure off the defense. So the Bears are a team that I think uh, if they can get that, you know, variance, uh, the, the regression of, you know, a, a few more pick sixes, then they can go right back to that elite level like in 2018. Yeah, traditionally that Bears system is really good at stripping the ball and fumbles and interceptions and, and sacks. So, yeah, they can get back to that dominance again. They're, yeah, they're a perfect fantasy defense. So give, give us one more defense you're looking at here. So this is another core defense that I'm, I'm going to like, and this is a little more under the radar, the New York Jets. So when we were studying the New York Jets, we figured out that their defense was uh, actually really good. They were seventh overall in yards given up. Uh, they did give up a little bit more points, but they were dominant against the rush, so you can't really run the ball down there down their throat, which is good. Um, but I just really like the fact that the defense was solid last year, even though the offense was really bad. So the defense was constantly out there, but they still held up pretty good. And they lost CJ Mosley, their star inside linebacker. And if he comes, he's coming back healthy. He didn't really play much last year. I, I think Quinn and Williams is going to take another step in his second year. I think Quinn and Williams is going to be a star defensive tackle. And you pair him with CJ Mosley down the middle. And then as long as they can keep Jamal, Adams, which there, you know, there's been trade rumors, but I think eventually will they'll sign him and he'll he'll play. I just like the safeties. The corners are still pretty decent. Uh, they got a couple new corners on the team. I just think that this is a, a pretty dominant defense that no one's really thinking about. So I like the fact that they're under the radar. They're not going to be priced that high, and I feel like they can get pressure on the quarterback. That they can get interceptions and fumbles and just shut teams down. 
uh, and play that ugly brand of football. And you just can't you just can't run at them. I don't think it's going to be that easy really to pass on them either. So I, I like the New York Jets defense as an under the radar pick there. Excellent. One other defense for me to mention is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't know really how to categorize them. They were really great down the stretch last year with Fitzpatrick, and they ended up uh, fifth in yards allowed and fifth in points. And they were just in low-scoring game after low-scoring game. We mentioned it on the Steelers podcast. Their point totals uh, for both teams was third fewest in the NFL. Uh, so a lot of, you know, 21 to 17 type games. And another week one pick here. They're playing the Giants in week one on Monday night. They've got Daniel Jones on the other side. And, you know, he had 18 fumbles last year. He lost 11. Uh, he also threw 12 picks. So 23 turnovers out of Daniel Jones in 12 starts. And that would be a nice little way to, uh, you know, get some fantasy points there in week one is pick up a few turnovers there. Yeah, that Steelers defense is uh, they are just nasty. They they definitely bring it, and it was crazy how much they improved after they got Mika Fitzpatrick, and it just all clicked with them. But they they're number one team for pressure on the quarterback, sacks, and a solid secondary. So that's a great recipe for success there. And you still still really can't run against them. So yeah, they're definitely right up there at the top ranking. Uh, and then a more of a, a deep sleeper uh, uh, team that you don't really think about for a team defense. Uh, really like the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I feel like they've done a really good job rebuilding this defense, uh, and they weren't really known for a good defensive team, you know, probably the last five years, but they just keep adding more and more talent. Um, and when they made the trade for uh, – what's the guy from San Francisco, the big D tackle? Um, for some reason, I'm on a blank on him right now. He's. They made a trade, got this, a starting defensive tackle uh, from San Fran, uh, they, they really, uh, pretty, still pretty decent secondary. I like their linebackers. I like their front. So I like the Indianapolis Colts for a team defense that is a good sleeper pick there, um, that I think are going to be much improved this year and the teams don't necessarily think of as a good defense. So. Excellent. So, uh, that is going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, we do thank everybody for joining. I, I, I want to just take a moment, a moment and thank the rest of the crew here. Um, I was distracted there, Shane. So um, thinking about everybody who jumped on one of these NFL podcasts here in these last 32 days, Micah Patria and Santino Cocone, certainly on a bunch. And then uh, Brett Trimble jumped in. Leighton Wilson was on one. And Coach, of course, was on with the Cowboys. So it's been a, a lot of fun here at DFS Coach Talk to run through the NFL teams one team at a time. And as we mentioned, you can go back on the YouTube page and pick out any of those that you want to look at in more detail here throughout the summer. So uh, we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, we're right at the one hour mark. So uh, I want to thank everybody again for joining us and be sure to continue to tune in as we uh, produce these podcasts seven days a week in front of the paywall here at DFS Coach Talk. So on behalf of Shane Caldwell, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you again for joining us here on DFS Coach Talk.